Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Violet Hour presents. This is Wendy Morrow. I have no idea what day it is. No concept of time. How long I've been in this house. Too long. I've been here too long. I'm set up in the central room at the bottom of the stairs. Around me, every door is firmly shut. No way in or out without my knowledge. It calms me to keep watch over these doors. To know that they are not opening while I'm in another room. They do have a tendency to do that, you know. You aren't looking. And what they'll show you. From the case files of Wendy Morrow, this is In Another Room. A horror podcast by E3W Productions from Violet Hour Media. Season 1 available now for free wherever you listen to podcasts. A Facebook message from Beyond the Grave. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. We're going to do something a little bit different today. And this is kind of a chronology that starts on Reddit and has some evidence. And I I can't wait to hear what you think of all of this too. I also just want to say I thought my home was broken into last night twice. So that's also the headspace I'm coming from. <laughs> so you're a little bit shook. I'm a little shook. We're living crazy times. We'll get there. These types of things really resonate with me because it's like we're putting together the pieces of this person's life and what it means and if it means anything. And again, if there's something beyond the grave, if there's not something, what it means to be haunted by someone, and also folding in the new media, the Facebook, which is essentially the vehicle for communication between this man and his dead girlfriend. So about six years ago, a man on Reddit named Nate SW posted in a group named No Sleep. Do you know No Sleep? Oh, yeah. That's not the place you want to be if you're in a weird headspace. (laughs) Oh, is there all weekend, baby. Um, no Sleep, again, for people who don't know, is a place for uh, haunted tales. It kind of skirts the line between true and not true. Um, and it really, people are very active on this. And this also, people's activeness also contributes to my own 
kind of anxiety and trepidation around it because people are taking it very seriously and getting as involved as I want to get if I would allow myself to do that. Nate SW posted no sleep said that his girlfriend Emily died in a horrific car crash in 2012. In 2013, he began receiving very creepy messages from her Facebook account, and it was not a memorial account. Here's his first post on no sleep. Tonight's kind of a catalyst for this post. I just received another message, and it's worse than any of the others. My girlfriend died on the 7th of August, 2012. She was involved in a three-car collision driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She passed away within minutes on the scene. We'd been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of marriage. It felt archaic, she said. Gave her a weird vibe. But if she had been, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. The kind of girl that would choose dare every time. She was happiest when camping, but a total technophile too. She always smelled like cinnamon. That being said, she wasn't perfect. She always said something along the lines of, if I cark it first, don't just say good things about me. I've never liked that. If you don't pay me out, you're doing me a disservice. I've got so many flaws, and that's just part of me. And I think that is – they're from uh, Great Britain, too, so I think that's slang. So this is for M. The music she said she liked and the music she actually liked were very different. Her idea of affection was a side hug. She had really long toes like a chimpanzee. I know that's tangential, but I don't feel right discussing her without you having an idea of what she was like. On to the meat. M had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first messaged me. On September 4th, 2013, she says – And these are a lot of screenshots of Facebook accounts. Emily says, hello. Nathan says, who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. Nothing, no answer. Then he gives two question marks and he says, okay, well. Well, in the future, please send me messages from your account, even if you want to discuss her page. Then Emily says, hello. Nathan says, Susan, you're on Emily's account. Susan is Emily's mom. Nathan says in no sleep, this is when it began. I left Emily's Facebook account activated so I could send her the occasional message, post in her wall, go through her albums. It felt too final and too un-Emily to memorialize it. I share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother was her login and password and had spent a total of approximately three minutes on the website or on a computer total. After a little confusion, I assumed it was her. On November 16th, 2013, at 12.51 p.m., Emily responds to Nathan again. She says, hello, let's hit up Blank trail this Sunday and the trail is blocked out. Nathan says, who the fuck is this? Emily says, the wheel's on the bus. Nathan says, please tell me who you are. On no sleep, he says, I had received confirmation from Susan that she hadn't logged into M's Facebook since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people, so I instantly assumed this was one of her more tech-savvy friends fucking with me in the worst possible way. I noticed pretty much immediately that whoever was chatting with me was recycling old messages from M and my shared chat history. The wheels on the bus comment was from when we were discussing songs to play on a road trip that never eventuated. Hello happened a million times. Around February 2014, Emily's account started tagging herself in Nathan's photos. On Reddit, he says, I would get notifications for them, but the tag would generally always be removed by the time I got to it. The first time I actually caught one, it felt like someone had punched me in the gut. She would tag herself in spaces where it was plausible for her to be, or where she would usually hang out. I've got screenshots of two from April and June. These are the only ones I've caught, so they're a little out of the timeline I'm trying to write out. And these photos, it's like a picture of this guy, like a dude, and his face is blocked out, and he's remained anonymous, which again is kind of another facet that's very interesting. But it's like him from the shoulders up, you know, like a selfie kind of. And she is tagged like in the corner, in the back, or like up. And we'll share some of these. They are very terrifying. And the tag too is just 
a little frame on Facebook. You know, when you tag someone and it's like it goes away and it goes back and then it goes away and he can't capture it. Around this period of time, I stopped being able to sleep. I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of weeks. The friends who noticed and said something thought it was a fucked up bug. I found out recently that there have been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything. Some of them have removed me from their Facebook friends list. At this point, some of you may be wondering why I didn't just kill my Facebook profile. I wish I had. I did for a little while. On days when I can't get out there, though, it's nice having my friends available to chat. It's nice visiting Emma's page when the little green circle isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when M was alive, her death turned me into something pretty close to a hermit, and Facebook and MMOs were and are my only real social outlets. On March 15, 2014, he sent a message to Emily's account about the tagged photos, assuming it was a hacker. It says, Why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep tagging her? On March 25th, Nathan receives an answer in, and a lot of these two, as a note, are not like at like 2 a.m. They're at like 11 a.m. You know, they're at 2 p.m. And the fact that there's a huge delay in between mm-hmm. it makes it more creepy mm-hmm. and less like somebody is looking to get a rise out of you. Because yeah. you'd be like, well, I got you on the hook now, so I'm going to freak you out or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that makes this extra creepy. Yeah. So Nathan receives an answer. Hello. 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 He responds, This is actually devastating. I don't know why you enjoy doing this. Emily responds to that. Her Facebook responds to that. OMG cinnamon scented candles. Nathan says, go to hell. Emily says, why are you doing this? On no sleep, he says, it wasn't until I was going over these logs a few months later that I noticed she was recycling my own words as well. My response seems kind of lackluster here. I was intentionally providing him or her with emotional bait This is actually devastating to keep them interested in their game. I was working off the assumption that this kind of person that would do this kind of thing would thrive on the distress of others. I was posting in tech forums, looking for ways to track this person, contacting Facebook. I needed to keep them around so I could gather evidence. Before anyone asked, yes, I had changed the password and all security info countless times. On April 16th, 2014, Nathan receives a message. We should make our own jam. JFC Samantha Frowny Face. Nah, different. No chance of passing. No chance of passing. How many? Garage side door. Side. I asterisk. No chance of passing. On April 29th, 2014, Nathan receives another message. Baked beans on toast. I don't know. I just said, yo, ask Nathan. 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 He responds, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how you're still doing this. Please stop. She says, please stop. I don't know what's happening. Nathan, I don't know what's happening. I know Sleepy explains, I hadn't discovered any leads. Facebook had told me the locations on her page had been accessed from, but since her death, they're all places I can account for. My home, my work, my mother's house. My response here wasn't bait. Yo Ask Nathan was an in-joke too lame worth explaining, but seeing her say it again just absolutely fucking crippled me. My reaction in real life was much less pretty. I'm not expecting my bond back. Her last few messages had started to scare me, but I wouldn't admit to it at this point. On May 8th, 2014, Nathan receives a message at 1.07 p.m. I asterisk, I asterisk, negative 12, negative 15. My jumper's in the dryer and it's really cold out. And then it's like a frowny face. Really cold out, cold, cold. Nathan, please stop. I asterisk, cold, Freezing, but it's F R E space E Z I N space G. 
I don't know what's happening. Nathan says on No Sleep, I don't really have words for this. Freezing is the first original word she's made. This has given me nightmares that I've only started to kick recently. I keep dreaming that she's in an ice cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside in the warmth, screaming to her to open the door. She doesn't even realize I'm there. Sometimes her legs are outside with me. So let's take a little break so you can really take that all in, reassess your own relationship with Facebook. Though we love what we do, Jason and I don't just Google true crime and weird history all day. Sometimes we need a freaking break. That's when I close my computer and pick up my phone for a little Best Fiends. Have you heard of it? You should because it's gotten over 100 million global downloads. We're huge fans of it and you should be too. Best Fiends challenges your brain with fun puzzle levels, but it's not like this huge thing. It's casual. You can play one level or 17, whatever time allows for. There are enough stresses in our life right now. Don't let a game stress you out. Best Fiends is also a game anyone can play. Literally, it is for adults, but honestly anyone can and enjoy themselves. Let me break it down. Best Fiends is an awesome mobile puzzle game and honestly different from anything I've ever played. It engages my brain, it's fun, and is whatever type of commitment you want. It's so low maintenance, you don't even need the internet. The internet. Speaking of internet, I was playing Best Fiends just to chill one day. I'm close to level 200 and my power went out. And honestly, I did not even notice. I played and like relaxed and I was off the grid and it was so fantastic. I only noticed I had no power or internet when it came back on and I had to get back to whatever I was doing at the time. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Checking in. Checking in. What a world. What a wild <laughs> world we live in. Oof. Oof. We hope you're all well. Yeah. How are our political leaders doing? Mm-hmm. Let's check in with Ghost Town's political leaders. We want to say hello to our mayors. Mm-hmm. We have Brandon Gaddis. Hello. Jeanette Link. Salut. Ben Forsyth. Bonjour. And Ashley Matson. Hola. And our mayor. Oh, yeah. Chris Witt. I almost called him Christopher Witt, but I don't know if he likes that or not. I don't so. know. I like to think that I'm on a casual basis with him. Like, hey, Chris, how's it going? Christopher seems more formal. But if you like that, you are our mayor. Yes. And you are the leader, and we do what you say. And thank you to anyone who's patronized or, you know, listening. Mm-hmm. And you can find bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Episodes without any ads any or ads. talk like this ahead of time. Yeah, it's you don't like this. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll have more episodes on my YouTube channel, which That's is basically right. just 
adjacent to Ghost Town, and that's at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Give it a subscribe, watch it's a video, great. give it a like. I speaking of getting kind of freaked out, I've been revisiting locations of the Black Dahlia, mm-hmm. which is classic. We've never classic. talked about it. You're more of an you're an expert. I in love it. Black Dahlia. We'll um, get into it probably at some point. Yeah, I should do. I just have so the problem with like something like the Black Dahlia is it could be like five episodes. You know, like there's so much there, but I would love to do it. It's one of my favorite true crime kind it's of LA, It's an LA. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the LA story and one of Definitely. the biggest unsolved Definitely. cases. But I hit up some of the locations. Awesome. And took some video of that because, you know, I like that. It's kind of. Uh, as you say, part and parcel to... I do say that a lot, which I don't even realize. I'm so unconscious of my own bullshit. I don't even know. Jason knows it because he hears it up close too much, I would say. But I apologize to everyone. Part and parcel to my part and parcel. And so be that will be coming up. Mm-hmm. But also I freaked myself out because I was looking to match some photos. And then I stumbled upon... And stumbled, I mean, I fa- you know, the crime scene photos yeah. that are absolutely... Horrendous. I was Awful. not ready to look at Awful. them, and it really, rightfully so, Awful. put me in a in a really bad place because mm-hmm. I was a little working and putting things together and organizing, and mm-hmm. life is hard for everybody. And it just it really it really hit me. And I think it's because I was spending so much time going to these places. Yeah. So wait, I, did you go to the place where she was found? I went to the Lamert pl- Park. Lamert Park. Mm-hmm. I went there, and I went to the Souden House. Mm-hmm. And I went to some other place. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Okay, okay. A couple okay. places. I, I still owe you some pictures. I My one catering job was at the Souden House. And that's a – I mean, that's – we did an episode on that. Yeah, right? after I catered there, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, I was helping out a, a dear friend of mine, and it was – and again, I'm – I'm hor- don't put me into any like food service capacity. I'm really bad at that. I barely I'm we're in my house right now and I'm barely conscious of where I am or what I'm doing. But uh I was so excited and so happy and it was such a strange. It was also like a like a weed thing. Like it was like this like weed part, like a variety hour party it was so surreal and it is as surreal as the pictures that you have Make it out to be. Yeah, and the Southern House is kind of key. And I used to live mm-hmm. almost across the street from it, I realized. Oh, my God, kind of really? Yeah, I didn't just didn't really realize. Well, I used to never look. You yeah. Know, just kind of set kind back of buried, a little bit. Yeah. And then I, I'm also doing, for Halloween, mm-hmm. filming locations from the original Halloween. Yeah. And every time I go, because it, it takes me a couple of sessions to mm-hmm. catch a lot of the places, but there's always other people yeah. <laughs> there. And we're all kind of like... There's a little bit of camaraderie there. Yeah, brethren. Your brethren, people. yeah. And, you know, we'll take pictures of each mm-hmm. other. They're wearing a Halloween shirt, so mm-hmm. I know that's yeah. what, they're, what they're there for. So you can find that at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Yeah. And then I'm putting – I'm going – I went to where the La Bianca murders are. So you're interested Hell in that. yes. Putting it all on oh, TikTok, yeah, which is Ghost Town Pod. Yeah. There's content happening all the time. There's content. It's a stream of content. And we have a lot of really fun events that you guys can take part in in a, yes. in a fun and strange way if you want more. And the book, mm-hmm. Been Some Drama. Yeah. The book is out. It is real. Rebecca is the third person it. to see it. I touch it. And I want to say it is so fun and it so captures the spirit of Los Angeles and – I, I'm sorry that there's been some discrepancies with getting it, but it is worth the wait. It's it's great, and like you're gonna love it. It's a real thing. It's been frustrating because I was expecting everyone to have it now. Apparently, mm-hmm. the original run sold out quickly, and the 
publishers were not prepared. Mm -hmm. I don't have access to pre-sale information, so I I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So they had to make two more pressings of it. So if you've ordered it somewhere, and the date should be updating with more current, reasonable times to get the book rather than sometime in December, which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. It's been hugely stressful because did the work making the book. Yeah. Did the work promoting it and, you know, some of you kind people have heard me talk about it enough and be picking the winners because, you know, there was a giveaway. So I'll be – I'm using the site and I need to just, I don't know, vet the mm-hmm. emails or something like that. It's a process, but it is out. If you want to support it, you can go to ghosttownpod.com slash book or local bookstores or wherever. But so far, only three people have seen it, and I would like yeah. a fourth to see it. I, I think a fourth will see it. I was on an episode of the podcast, A Touch from the Past, talking about haunted stuff, talking mm-hmm. about the book. Check it out. Spooky stuff. They have a yeah. lot of really cool episodes. They I do. Was like, Ooh, yeah, they really. I know. I, like, I, like little, the, like, I was a little jealous when I you was were too. On I was it. like, I, oh, like, I, I want to be on this. I was like, this is he has some pretty cool episodes, so mm-hmm. I was very excited about it. And I've uh, been doing a lot of promoting, and Rebecca and I will be doing some book-related stuff. We and we'll let you know when it is if you want to watch it and, and check it out. And we're also going to be hosting a storytelling show that you are able to join us. It's through I, – I volunteer with the Echo Park Neighborhood Council. We're going to be hosting a Echo Park-centric storytelling event. And Echo Park is where we have been doing this podcast since day one. It is haunted as fuck. Once we – Pitch that idea. Everyone was like, yeah, we have like 4,000 ghost stories. So that's going to be on Zoom, and we're going to get the Zoom information out there. So please join us for that if you have any interest. It's going to be really fun and very spooky. It's October 25th at 7 p.m., but again, we'll get that information out too. But hopefully we won't send it via Facebook (gasps) Messenger. Oh, please don't. Please don't, because that is dangerous, as we know, from Nathan. So let's get back to him and his terrifying story. On May 24th, 2014, Nathan messages Emily. So we've got a reversal here. He says, I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to that by now? Emily responds a couple of hours later saying, capital U, capital S, capital T, let me walk. Nathan explains this on no sleep. I wasn't actually drunk. She wasn't an affectionate girl, and it always embarrassed her to exchange I love you's cuddle, talk about how much we meant to each other. Which is, th- at this point, it's strange because I I think in my head conceptualize them as younger than they are. They were actually, I think, in their late 20s. She was more comfortable with it when I was boozed up. I got fake drunk a lot. Her reply is what prompted me to finally memorialize her page, thinking it might help curb this behavior. It might seem innocuous compared to her previous message. It's pasted from an old conversation where I was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from a friend's. In the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from her right hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. His next post in No Sleep is called Going Back in Time, which is the last Facebook exchange he had with her before she died. It's from August 7th, 2012. He says, hey, you on your way home? Emily. When you see this message, please ring me straight away. I rang blank and they said you left at four. I'm starting to panic. I feel stick to my stomach. Please, please ring me. He says, Emily, Emily, answer your phone. So I amend my statement. It's not an exchange. It's his last contact with her on Facebook. He explains too that she usually got home around 4.30. So when she didn't, this is around 5.30 and then 8 p.m. On July 1st, 2014, Nathan gets the message from Emily. And now it's not just Emily 
you know, like blanked out last name. It's Emily Blank Memorial. Hey, you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me straight away. Please stop. I rang blank and they said you left at five. I'm starting to panic. Please stop. Cold. Emily, Emily, answer your phone. I don't know what's happening. Cold. Uppercase freezing. I memorialized her page a couple of days after I received the message about walking. Until today, she's been quiet. She wasn't even tagging herself in my photos. I don't know what to do anymore. Do I kill her memorial page? What if it is her? I want to puke. I don't know what's happening. I just heard a Facebook alert. I'm too afraid to swap windows and check it. And this is the last formal response until he starts commenting on other people's responses. People lost their shit at this. People were giving him advice you know, theorizing that it was the mom or a hacker or something, talking about how he should absolutely deactivate her page, giving him tips to find out more information. Like, there are thousands and thousands of comments on this. And later he gives an update. Uh, He checked the alert. It's a picture taken from outside of his door with his computer glowing from inside. Under the picture, it says, in all caps, FREEZING. And at this point, if they're not freaking out before, everyone on Reddit is absolutely freaking out. They're going through his posts. They're thinking, uh, you know, like, it's a haunting. Like, what do you, like, what does it mean? There's a whole constituency of people that have been taking his messages and the, the numbers and the spaces between the freezing and stuff and creating codes or trying to break codes with it. Like, they're going deep. Um, people are trying to figure out also what he, like what his deal is, like, where is he from? Like trying to get the information in the crash itself. And that's kind of where, where I went. Like I tried to get a lot of information and it was hard to find out where he lived. And they were like tracking, they were like geocaching the coordinates, all of this stuff. People were losing it. Some people too realize that Nathan's original posts are edited. The original ones, like when they get the alert on Reddit, had strange ghostly things at the bottom, like kind of poetry, kind of like in the same rhythm that Emily talks. So then the theory was that, and people also were reinforcing this theory because they Googled the Emily Nathan car crash, that he is the one who died in the crash. And Emily was the one writing the post to kind of relive her relationship with him. And it's weird because Nathan still responds like very normally to people giving advice and be like, oh, I did this. Let me try this. He doesn't really offer up any other information beyond this. But people, even now, and this is six years ago, are posting theories about codes. I was in a Google Doc earlier today of a a timeline that is pages long trying to recreate the events and what they mean. And truly, I mean, the last picture we see, it is, it's from a snowy, like, outdoor area through a like a screen window or door into his glowing monitor computer and put on Facebook on her page and he is tagged in it. It is so terrifying. That's the story of Emily and Nathan. It made me think of whether he thought it was her and he was being haunted mm-hmm. or it was somebody hacking and taking information. It's probably a similar comfort to when people maybe see a psychic, they're like, yeah. listen, I, you know, whether this is true or not true, it makes me feel better. And whatever yeah. that is, you know, yeah. whatever you do, whatever gets you through the night makes you feel better. 
Reddit's an interesting place like No Sleep because mm-hmm. it's in the world of also creepy pasta and marble yeah, hornets. Yeah, totally. I love that. I mean, and you just don't know – you don't know what the line is between real and fake. And I have my own theory too, which I will talk about in a it, second. It, it, it could absolutely be a manufactured – Yeah. It's a version of a movie or a, a, a song or a book or whatever that is that mm-hmm. creates this thing. And the fact that it's so – realistic in a weird way where it's not i'm a ghost and Mm -hmm. here i come and i know what you did Mm -hmm. but it's that thing that like horror movies are made from and it's just i think reddit is also a place to do that because it's almost it's not a very glamorous place to go yeah like a facebook post or look at this instagram photo yeah it's a very you know it's it's like you're you're going to the underground yeah where where you're trying to find sewer line and you're you're looking up through the sewer line into specific things and cobbling together a kind of narrative but that's also like it's cachet reddit is the internet underbelly like it's where every theory is welcome every piece of content has a home um but i mean i think and a, a couple people suggest this this is this guy. He's isolated. He's living – if this is true, he's living in the apartment home that he shared with his girlfriend, his partner, and she dies. What a comfort to be doing this to yourself, you know, writing this to yourself. And then maybe in doing that, you think, oh, this would be an interesting thing to share. And kind of like even convincing yourself – and again, it could be any scope of your trauma – kind of convincing yourself that it isn't you or isn't her or something to kind of give yourself distance and closure, giving your brain something else to focus on this mystery versus your own mental health and your own well-being. So what you're trying to say is instead of him going, hey, listen, I just want to talk about my trauma. Here's Mm -hmm. what she was like and here's what happened. Creating knowingly creating this thing sending your essentially sending yourself messages Mm -hmm. and that's not new like no people grift people people uh, harass people and bully people and do a lot of things where whether it's multiple accounts are made up or it's just you sending it to yourself yeah and that gives you an adds a layer of like i'm keeping this memory alive totally via this mystery yeah and these are avenues to do that i had a friend who passed away that i like wrote an email to her email account just to be like this is like my last or like texts that you go through people who have died like you're like this is the last element of their humanity that i get to hold on to and then i get to keep and you know if you're already kind of a recluse like where does your mind go um but also it feels oddly constructive in a way to, like it feels oddly unhealthy and, and unhealthy too because it feels like oh this is your mind working through your loss trying to find closure in certain things and trying to wrap your head around this mystery but also like fuck talk to a therapist you know like whoa it's uh it's quite quite a story the fact doesn't doesn't seem to be anything like what is this person getting out of it it's mm-hmm. not like oh ps um a movie's coming out based mm-hmm. on this or a book yeah there's no monetary gain i mean there's obviously the equity of being heard and yeah and, 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 and getting that out there but in. it it doesn't make me suspicious in that sense i mean it, it could be a lot of different things it yeah. could also just be completely untrue it could just yeah, be fiction just completely fabricated although 
I mean, it's it skirts the line for me of being like just enough to make no, you know, like it doesn't make sense enough. Like the pictures, yes, the pictures are very creepy and they definitely like take my brain. As soon as you said the pictures, place. honestly, a light just flashed in your face. I don't know if a card. Did you see a light flash in your face? I'm oh, not I joking. Think, I think I. Uh, on my computer? God, that might okay. be it. I don't know. But as soon as you said a picture, it went, it went, it went shh, and I was just oh like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't know if car lights are on now because it's still yeah. a little bit bright out. Oh, that freaked me out. It yeah. probably was your computer though. It's, But it's, again, it's it like goes to show it's a very scary story, but it, the messages don't make enough sense. Like they aren't interesting enough where I feel like it feels like it could be manufactured. But I think, and I want to compare it to, to I don't want to talk too much about it because we might talk about it on another episode. But someone who's like a little bit more high profile and their experience with ghosts haunting their space and how it can be like this isn't a vehicle for this. Per- I mean, it might be within the context of Reddit, but there's no like alternative agenda. He wants to remain anonymous. Maybe it is someone just trying to tell a story um, or working something out or something. It just it it really does skirt the line between like if you want to make this into a fucking horror story, like you can push it you can do that and it feels like it like falls short of that for me well you may not have if it wasn't so good and so moving you mm-hmm. may not have found it because to yeah be on, it probably had to be somewhere for you to source it there's probably a million no sleep stories and it's mm-hmm. not like you dug for years to find something and it had no upvotes and all that that comes with it i mean mm-hmm. it, people had the same feeling you did and and it got there because it was so believable or what to whatever yeah, that means exactly and and i found it by googling haunted facebook girlfriends car crash uk so that's, that's what you get <laughs> with this kind of crack shot reporting that's what you get oh i got a message it's on linkedin though so it's probably <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.